1: Hello everybody and welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by David McDonald. I don't know if I should start with the good news or the bad news. Good news, I've got a new microphone, as you can hear. Um, bad news, let's let's open with another uh, depressing discussion about lockdowns, <laughs> viral <laughs> outbreaks, pandemics. How's the lockdown going for you?
0: Uh, yeah, we are locked down. Um, Jersey is uh, it's shut down. There's, there's nothing open aside from what they call essentials. Um, Cheryl's working from home She has her home office in the dining room Uh, I, of course, am in my office Per usual It's not I mean, we're not bored We're not um, You know, we're not like stir-crazy Maybe a little bit But we're not We're not Bored There's plenty to do There's plenty to watch I'm I'm fucking playing video games Um, It's more of the Every day you get new information and sometimes it's good information and sometimes it's bad information and also just the um what it's doing to people's morale and what it's doing to businesses in the, in the financial area. Um, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. You can't ignore this, but at the same breath, I, I worry about all these small businesses and they're improvising but i just worry about people's livelihoods and unemployment rates and that kind of stuff that you know is going to just get battered uh sooner than later and that that's kind of where my when I when I get mood swings and my mind goes there that's that's when i go south
1: yeah i hear you and i've got the same concerns because obviously the imminent physical danger of the virus is one thing but I have a feeling that will pass at some point, but just the question is, what are we going to be left with? Because it's going to totally devastate economies all around the world. And I just, I was saying to you off the air, I, I feel very grateful and privileged that I'm one of the, the lucky ones who can work from home and still gets paid. But all the other workers who are out of a job and, and business owners that you know have been forced to shut their businesses down feel absolutely terrible for them. And it, the really strange thing about this statement is all these lockdowns and shutdowns. I went through this in January and February. I was talking about it on this podcast. And it, it just felt something that was very uh, sort of isolated to China at that point. And I didn't really think at the time that it was going to spread to like every fucking country on the planet. So this is now... Bangkok is going to be undergoing a shutdown tomorrow, so this is my second <laughs> shutdown oh, in the second God. different country that I've gone through. So it's just really weird. Like when it was all sort of self contained within China, and I was sort of staying at home and all the cafes and shops were closed, and I had to not go out. I could sort of compartmentalize that, but also enjoy my other stuff, like the normal in the rest of the world. You know, watch my Arsenal matches, watch my New Japan, chat to my friends in the UK, USA, whatever, who are just going about their normal lives. But now it's everywhere. There's no escaping from it. I think it's you. Like everywhere you have been, it's you.
0: <laughs> you know, I'm New the York. Super spreader. You're the super spreader. You're. You know, you you went to New York, right? Uh, and you left it there. And now it's like. I, I. What's weird is like, you know, the New York North Northern New Jersey. I'm, I'm more in Southern New Jersey, but it's not that far. You know, um, that's become the epicenter. That's become ground zero, if you will um for this thing now like new york is ever it, it's it's the numbers just you wake up every day and you and that's another thing too you just wake up every day and it's just another thing and another thing and another thing and i think that the, the it's it's becoming a point where almost you're starting to get a little numb to it you're just like oh another shit thing another shit thing another shit thing and you know you you you're sitting in the house, and you just you're on your phone. So of course you're looking at you know social media stuff, and it's just like sometimes it just gets a little overwhelming. But yeah, I think you're I think you're you're it. <laughs> you're, you're, you you wherever you go, it goes. So uh, I think you might be patient zero, Joel. Uh, but I think we're 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 doing okay in the sense of you know we're doing what we got to do. And, and what else is there to do, right? Besides do what you got to do. Um, yeah, but I do. I do think about – here's also what I think about. I think about – so it, it doesn't necessarily – like I don't own a, a restaurant, right? So – or a bar or uh, anything like that. So it doesn't directly impact me and I don't work for those people. But like I do stuff for like senior living places and assisted living places. Like I do marketing for them. Um, and I just worry that okay, they can't have tours, they can't have people come to see their locations, and then what? <laughs> you know, when do they say okay, we're gonna halt the marketing budget because we can't have people come? Oh, okay, that then then that does affect me again because I'm already down two. You know what I mean? So that's the kind of shit that I'm kind of like. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Yeah. So now, so I'm, I'm, I'm all. Well, you know, those events that you're going to have, you can't have them anymore. So you know, put it in your uh, digital marketing budget, and <sighs> <sighs> that's the stuff that keeps me up at night. Honestly, that's that's more th- than than anything else. All right. Yep. We're depressing now. <laughs> we're supposed to come on. We're supposed to put
1: some smiles on people's faces, Joel. This is why we're here. Look, we're going to do a dramatic reading of uh, a fanfic later on in the show, so you can look forward to that. And, and you're going to get no. involved in this as well. So
0: I'm not doing that anymore. Because here's the thing, I don't even know what, what you went through, and I don't want to know. Um, because, again, you do shield me from a lot of that stuff. Um, no, we're not doing that anymore. We're being, we're friendly. We're leaving the. No, it's,
1: it's about us. It's a good one. Is it? I think you'll enjoy it, yeah. All right. I don't, are we going to get in trouble? I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want anybody to... I've asked for permission to use okay. this one. Okay, I haven't replied right. at the time. Oh! <laughs> if, if they reply, I, I'm 99 percent sure they'll be fine
0: with it. Oh, that's not good. I know that one percent is really not great. L- Listen, if we if what? we
1: said on the podcast, please, we want people to write some disgusting fanfics about us, right, and someone and does it. that, right? Surely. That means that's a consent. Surely we can read it, yeah. Right, that's consent. Is that implied consent, or have I not learned my lesson from last oh. week? <laughs> I don't know. I'm really scared. Uh I will right, we'll figure it out.
0: Whatever. Um I mean, the world's going to end anyway. They can hate us all they want. <laughs> you know what I mean? Enjoy the crew. Uh, okay, well, let's
1: okay. let's put that to one side and stick with a uh, depressing coronavirus news. <laughs> okay, uh, start. With- Big news of the week, Damon, the Tokyo Olympics will be delayed until not later than the summer of 2021, according to the IOC and Tokyo Organising Committee. And when they commence, they'll still be referred to as the 2020 Olympics, and that's added to the fact that the Tokyo government requested uh, organisations not to hold events. And we got an announcement from New Japan saying, as a result of the continuing COVID-19 coronavirus outbreak, New Japan has arrived at the decision to cancel Sakuragenesis on March 31st and day one of the Road to Dontaku tour on April 11th. So, prefacing this was the fact that K1 held their big annual event in the Saitama Super Arena on Sunday, which drew a lot of criticism. And we also found out one of the 6,500 attendees has come down with a fever and is taking a, a PCR test. So, all these things combined, it's not a surprise that New Japan have cancelled Sakurigenesis. Disappointing, though, because I was kind of hoping, half hoping, that they might run, go ahead with Sakura Genesis given what uh, Kidani said, and just the way things were going, the way that the numbers were looking in Japan, I thought, there's a chance they've turned a corner here. But... Given what K1 did, I think that has definitely contributed to this. And now the fact that the Olympics is off the table, it kind of felt to me that a lot of this was, to some extent, papering over the cracks, But you know, just putting on shows, that yeah, everything's fine, it's okay, it's okay, we can still have the Olympics, we can still have the Olympics, but now that's off the table, then, you know, why bother pretending everything's fine anymore? Just shut everything down until things are actually safe,
0: right? Uh, yeah, and, and, you know... Look, I, we're we're not experts at this by any stretch, but you know, you I'm just repeating information that I had heard. Um, was that you know Japan was wasn't really testing; they weren't really doing a great job of, of of testing. Um, so look, we knew we knew the Olympics was going to be a big barometer of moving forward, um, and I had said even the. I I think a show ago or two shows ago that I'm not even I'm more concerned about if they do go ahead the athletes training and the and it was it was like Canada and Australia I think it was
1: that said fuck it we're not going yeah and and think of the fans as well flying in from all countries across the world it just we said I said last week no no way they can go ahead with it so I'm glad that they've postponed it but yeah yeah it doesn't make us feel any better
0: no no it doesn't Um, and then when you heard that. Uh, I Like I told you, the worst thing is is that when you wake up in the morning, I wake up in the morning and, and the first thing I do is I go downstairs and I look for my phone. And truth be told, not to put any undue pressure, but I always look for conversations that you have that I'm in on at night just to see if there's anything good news or any… You, you um... the group
1: WhatsApp chat with ghetto, <laughs> Right. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes, I'm look- I, I need that. Uh, I, and I look forward to it, even if it's just like a, 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 a string of jokes, you know, we're just fucking making fun of something, or if it's, um, you know, every once in a while I'll look for little tidbits of news, I, that's always always nice to wake up to, hopefully it's good news, but sometimes, you know, I'll get, it, you know, nothing, sometimes nothing worries me more than anything else, because then I think, oh, people don't like us, <laughs> I want to, I <laughs> want you to know, like us. Uh or and um bad news. And it feels like I you wake up to more bad news and it's like uh and when I got that that would that that wasn't happening. <clears throat> Man. Maybe I put a lot of false hope into it. Maybe in the back of my mind I was like, "Oh, maybe this is just exactly what we need because other promotions were running shows, Joel. All Japan just ran a fucking show like two nights ago. At Corican. Um wasn't a, wasn't a horrible show. It was, it was pretty good. Main event was pretty good. Uh, main, main event was really good. Kento Miyahara, Suwama. Um, what did you think of the result?
1: Um, spoiler alert. If you don't yeah, want to be spoiled yeah. from all Japan, skip ahead.
0: Yeah, yeah, good call. Um, weird. I kind of thought it was weird that they went in that direction. Um. I don't know. I, I, I didn't really think that it felt like a, a reset and go let's go back in time kind of thing. And it might be just be just like a you know, just a little just to keep things interesting, title change, right? Just something to to kind of just wake people up a little bit. But um uh, yeah, I thought it was a little bit odd that, that direction. I, I can't imagine him holding it long, truth be told. I can't imagine Swamo holding it long. But uh yeah, I was a little bit shocked by it.
1: I mean to get things back on topic uh, All Japan have announced that Joel Redman Lucas Steele and David Boy Smith Jr. will not be competing in this year's champion carnival due to travel issues relating to COVID-19 so again that was another problem that would be encountered by New Japan if and when they decided to run again it's the the guys who are in those high-risk countries you know guys like Will Ospreay what are the prospects of them being able to get back and work again given everything that's happened so just parts and parts of shit isn't it Damon it really
0: is. It's 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 unbelievable how this is in, impacted. Now again, New Japan. You would hope they have the, the security blanket of a Bushi Road, all right? You would want to think mm-hmm. that that you know they have that that comfort. Joel, there there are countless pro wrestling promotions and countless pro wrestlers. I mean, it kind of feels like they don't know where the next fucking meal is going to come from.
1: Right, and I guess that's what happened with K One. I figure they had their backs to the wall. It was either run that show and get slaughtered or don't run it and go out of business. And maybe All Japan are facing a a similar scenario here because I'm pretty surprised they're still going ahead with the Champion Carnival, but they must be in pretty dire straits financially to feel like they have to do that given everything that's going on.
0: And the crowd there was... I mean everybody felt like it had masks, but there were some renegades in that crowd that had no masks. They, they were, they, I was like, Whoo, put on a fucking mask." Um, but it wasn't look, they had more people in Corkin than I thought that they were. you know th- th- like if you said, give me give me an idea of what that building would look like, I would say, "You're looking at orange she- seats top to bottom." and that wasn't the case. Um, I mean it wasn't sold out by any stretch, but there were more people in there than I thought. And they're brawling in the crowd, and I'm just like, "Oh, dude, these they, 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 like, there's just no, no, they didn't give a shit. They just did their show, and you know, I'm kind of left scratching my head, like, is this a good idea?" And and you're right, it feels like they got to do it. And but he, okay, but in in the same breath, isn't stardom running shows? Don't they have like a big tournament
1: uh, or a yeah, Cinderella tournament,
2: right?
0: Isn't that weird to you? I mean, again, you would think that they would have the security of Boosie Road to say, okay, you don't have to run shows. We got you. You know, We're going to float you the money. Um, and I know that they're taking precautions with people going in. They're taking their temperature. Uh, There's sanit- hand, san- hand sanitizer everywhere.
1: Um, I, I don't know. I just... It Remember, feels- it's just a question of scale, because a Coracoan show is very different from a big Sumo Hall show.
0: It is. It is, but still. I mean, w- I mean, I know it's night and day, but, I mean, for some perspective, Joe, I can't have a – legally, I can't have a third person in my house. I'm limited to, to, to groups of two. We cannot have a, more than two people. Together,
1: in one place They get, you know 1,500 1,800 Yeah, this is what I was saying before I've been saying this for weeks These weird kind of half measures That my guess was Because they were trying to save face Because they wanted to still have the Olympics But now that's been taken off the table Just like advising these companies We advise you not to hold any big events That's pointless, it's futile You either shut things down Or you don't this, this sort of half assing it doesn't help anyone. You've said this from the jump, too. And, and, and look, and
0: go back and listen. You have said this from the start. You have lived this tw- now twice. <laughs> um, anytime you want to come to New Jersey, you can get a third time. Um, yeah, I mean, it just seems like I could not believe. I mean, I knew it was happening, but I could not believe that I was watching the show that happened the night before. I don't know. I'm just like, why? Again, what it comes down to, to, it really feels like, is they have to run these shows. And they're going to, and until they're told specifically, you cannot run these shows, as opposed to, eh, might not be a good idea. That's, that's, again, if people get sick from this, and I know people are going to say, well, it's not so bad here. It's not not so bad. It's, it's, that's what everybody said. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, Joel. But I, I, I seem to vividly remember everyone saying, "Ah, oh, it's not so bad. Ah, oh, it's not so bad. It's just a flu." And okay, all right. Here's where we are uh, with that
1: with that mindset. Getting
0: back to New just, Japan, Joel.
1: Getting you know, I, I just Japan. wonder if now the Japanese government might think, "Fuck it." No Olympics. Right, no one's holding any events now. All Japan, K1, Stardom, DDT, Dragon Gate. Shut it down. No one's running shows anymore. I mean, didn't
0: they do that? I mean, they, they they shut down the beginning of their baseball season. I mean, here's the thing. No one... I don't want to say that this is like complete outlaw fucking, you know, as some guy would say, complete mud show shit. But... I don't think Japanese government is has big japan pro wrestling high on their on their docket <laughs> they, they, i would I would venture a guess to say they have no fucking idea what a big japan pro wrestling is uh or a uh all japan pro wrestling at this point, so they're just doing it i, I mean they know baseball they know uh you know. Football, they know, you know, sports that have a little bit more of a draw. Sumo, just, they ran the, the latest sumo tournament in, in the empty arena. Okay, there you go. Right. Maybe it's just not on the radar. I, I mean, that's the only thing I could possibly think of, and nobody is, like, going to dime them out. That's the only thing I can think of. That's the only thing I can think of. Um, Again, I don't know. No, I I, I'm, I uh, in, in this... More than usual, I am completely talking out of my ass. But I'm just looking at the situation and just thinking, this can't, this can't be good. This can't be a good scenario. But again, the, I getting back to the New Japan point, man. It that that was maybe it was false hope on my end, but it did take the wind out of my sails for a good couple hours. Just like fuck because I I was looking forward to hopefully seeing that. In my mind, logic was saying, there's no fucking way this this is happening. But again, you would get little tastes and little glimmers of hope. (sighs) Yeah, Yeah, that that one one hurt.
1: That one hurt. Can somebody send me good news? (laughs) Someone? (laughs) Watch something else to take your mind off it. I hear there's a Chris Benoit documentary, Dark Side of Ringless. (laughs) Yeah, I was. um, (laughs) Did you watch it? Uh, No, I I will watch it later this evening. I haven't had a chance to today. I watched part one. Um, I didn't. I haven't watched the second part. Uh, It
0: was, it uh, uh, part one. A a lot of the focus, and I think a lot of the focus was because of the people that they had access to, uh, Chavo, Vicky. Um, a lot of it centered around the relationships that Benoit had with Eddie, Eddie Guerrero, uh, as well as uh, his relationship with uh, Nancy, um, woman. And so that was kind of like the f- the f- part one, um, and then it kind of, en- and then it su- not kind of ended. It did end right around the time of when the shit was going down. Today, the, the shit. All uh, oh, oh, went down. Um, so was it good? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was good. Um, I, uh, I don't think anything was necessarily glossed over. I don't think anything was, was put in a, in a way where it was like, you know, how WWE re- rewrites their own fucking history. Um, I don't, think any of the, I don't think it was that at all. Um, I thought it was good. I, th- I, I, I think it's well worth a watch, let's put it that way. For me to sit down and, and watch it and be in t- to the end. Um, I think that says something, right? I, I, th- I, th- I thought it was good. Yeah, I will definitely watch
1: it. I, I know the Laps Fan podcast did a three-show special. It was like nearly 10 hours of audio about the Benoit situation, and that was really excellently done. Um, There's no right or wrong answer for this one about where you personally draw the line when it comes to separating the art from the artist, whether or not you can sit down and, quote-unquote, enjoy or appreciate a Chris Benoit match, given that what he did. So if you are someone who says, like, oh, I, I can't watch it, he makes me sick after what he did... I can't enjoy his work. Or if you're someone who says, yes, what he did was terrible, but I can still appreciate his wrestling on a technical level. Yeah, like I said, it's not a morally black or white area. It's it's just a personal thing, isn't it? So it is. where do you stand from that? Um, that's a great question.
0: And and I, I get asked this more on, on a musical scale. And the best way I can describe it is I, I, I think when people give you art the art is now yours to interpret and to connect with or not um in the way that the person sees fit like the, the like when it's kind of like this show in in a very weird sense like once we do a show that's the show you know what i mean and then and and that's it and then how people enjoy it it's theirs and i and i and again i feel that with music and i feel that with wrestling matches right when the, when two guys or two two women or whatever combination there is in that ring when the bell rings and the bell rings for a second time to end the match that's the match and here it is here's the art and it's like a song um and the i always use the smiths as that kind of talking point when it comes to this it's like i love the smiths I absolutely adore the Smiths, and the music means so much to me, and the albums mean so much to me, and the songs connect with me. But that's my connection. That's my personal connection. Once Morrissey and Johnny Marr wrote those songs and put it out there, that, those, those are now mine and yours and whoever to do with what you think is right with it and whatever connection that is. That's a personal thing. Um, that doesn't mean that Morrissey now says things that will just – like you just left scratching your head like how can you be that, this guy and how can you think these things and how can you – how can these words come out of your mouth? That doesn't diminish the fact that um, this charming man is great, right? Or uh, the queen is dead is an unbelievable album it doesn't take it, it doesn't it doesn't take away from that um, uh, so i guess i i have a little bit i, I th- not that i can't not that i won't separate what he did i mean he uh, it's there but i but i don't let that impact the work that they've done and the art that they've created and that doesn't mean i put him on a pedestal and think he's any less of a monster from do, For doing what he did. It's a fucking heinous monster. F- killed his wife. Killed his kid. Killed himself. That's You can't get any more heinous. Um, it doesn't separate it.
1: Uh, yeah, being able to watch one of his matches and enjoy it and think this is a good match is not a tacit endorsement of what he did.
0: Right. It certainly, it certainly isn't. Um, and again, I have no connection with him too. And I think that helps too. Like if I knew Chris Benoit or if I had a working relationship with Chris Benoit or if I had any any interactions with that child or what – you know what I mean? I think maybe I would have a different point of view. Um, I, but I – so I have that comfortable distance um I, and here's the thing, too. This is just me talking. Um, how you connect with that makes, you know, that's that's you. That's your choice. If you can't turn on a, a match of his without getting physically ill, I, I get that. <laughs> I, I will never say, well, come on, look past that, and what a great suplex. You know what I mean? I, I, I understand that. Um, but for me personally, I just – I don't think of i don't think of art and i put pro wrestling in an art form i don't think of art as again once it's released once it's there once it's out there it's about me and my connection with that piece as opposed to me and my connection with that person
1: yeah i totally agree i'm in a similar camp i can watch the matches and compartmentalize those two things. But uh, I, I will watch the documentary. Maybe we can talk about that next week. But going back on topic, then, uh, a few questions. Bash says, Do you think any other events like Best of the Super Juniors will be cancelled? I hope not, because it's one of my favorite tournaments. I I think Don Taku's done. I don't think Don Taku's happening. And Best of the Super Juniors is on thin ice, as far as I'm concerned.
0: I think that's the best answer, right? We don't know. Um, I, But yeah, put putting the Super J cast gun to my head. I think Dantaku's Toast and yep. <laughs> best of the Super Junior. Well at best is Thin Ice. That's right around the corner, by the way. That's not that far away, if if you really want to think about it. Um look, t- Joel, tickets go on sale for Madison Square Garden in a handful of days, maybe a week or two. Not even that. Maybe a week. Uh I I specifically to the people that, that would listen in New Japan have said you should really think about postponing that, that on-sale date? One, it's going to be a zoo trying to get those tickets because, again, the infrastructure just isn't there. Um, people don't have money to buy New Japan pro wrestling tickets. I hate to say it. It's, it's not a high priority right now. Like, again, we talked about ground zero. We, New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia, the crowd that you were going to draw from, we are in the midst of some shit. <laughs> and, <laughs> and ticket sales are, are the least of their concerns. Postpone that. Postpone, move it. Move it. You got, you got, August 22nd is the date. You've got plenty of time. Tickets don't have to go on sale. And my big fear is that if it doesn't do well on when when the tickets are released, Joel, I'm not a big fan of this trickle, 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 trickle. Oh, we're sold out. You you need a big pop for a big building like that. You you need to have a big day one sale to fill that building. That that's what my concern is, because if they don't have that, I, it's gonna be it's gonna be rough. But I I really feel like New Japan should hold off. On, the, on that ticket launch date. They, they, I really do. Very strongly, I feel that way.
1: Taylor made asks, with seemingly no insight as writing, do New Japan save everything until G1 2020? If so, can they build a Wrestle Kingdom based on G1 storylines alone? Yeah, that's something we forgot to mention, actually. The fact that New Japan shifted the G1 to the autumn to accommodate the Olympics and presumably might have to do the same thing again next year. And maybe this becomes a regular thing. And Even just the act of postponing the Olympics one year is not as simple as you might think because a lot of these Olympic facilities and venues have been leased out for subsequent years because they obviously expected them to not be in use by 2021. So, for example, like uh, accommodation arrangements where athletes might stay have already been rented out for 2021. So there's just a whole slew of other problems that are going to come with this Olympic thing, uh, not to mention the G1 Climax. So what's your take specifically on the the positioning, the role of the G1 for this year at least?
0: Yeah. I mean, could they move it back? Did they have to do it in the autumn? Um, could they just go back to summertime?
1: Would it be safe to run by the summertime? That's, I don't know. It doesn't seem likely right. at this point,
0: right? That's that. Now, then that becomes the key. Is is that going to be an issue? Um, and obviously that that is a huge deal. Number one, money maker for for New Japan, and two, just from a storyline getting from point A to point B. I mean, look—it's March, the end of March, and we're talking about G1, and we're talking about Wrestle Kingdom already. We we, we don't know how G1 always leads to Wrestle Kingdom. I I I, I don't know. Listen, I, like these type of questions is, is just us speculating, but I don't know. I don't know what what's going to happen in the next twenty four hours. In this country, if a stimulus package is going to be fucking released, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, um, uh, G1, if I'm them, I'm moving it back to the summer and hoping that, because the buildings are going to be available, right? The buildings that weren't
1: are now going to be. Um, But what about all the venues that they've booked for the other stuff, like the Hokkaido tour? Yeah,
0: I mean, I guess if if we keep keep the course and go in go in the autumn, right? Stay the course. It's going to be. I think it would be more of a headache to try to go back to the summer. Now that I think about it out loud, stay the course. I, I what, what else you what else are you gonna do, Joel? Stay the course, and and it buys you time with with you know. Hof, hopefully, we'll be out of the woods with the virus stuff. Yeah, I would stay the course, keep it keep it where it is, and shoehorn in a lot of shit in a couple of months. That's for sure.
1: All right, other stuff. There was uh, an interview with Sports Illustrated with. Harold May, and he spoke a bit about how the company's managing the coronavirus crisis, new television deals, things like that. There wasn't that much interesting to glean from it. Uh, The main takeaway was he mentioned the plan for Wrestle Dynasty to be an annual event and also regarding the uh, COVID-19, they're trying to be an example in the COVID-19 decisions because they're the biggest company. So, you know, when you ask questions like why Stardom is still running, given that they are also uh, intellectual property of Bushiro, but New Japan are not, it's a question of scale if if we're to take this interview at face value yeah
0: it just seems weird you know again uh, i can't have a i can't have a gathering of three people <laughs> and i know right now i'm a hot spot um but yeah just it just seems weird just shut everything down um i give i mean you're not gonna be able to answer it but give me let's have fun with it like i if this is fun what what When are we coming back, Joel? Are we coming back? I'm going to give you some some events. You tell me if it's happening. We already talked. We're not doing Sakura Genesis. We know that. Uh, Dantaku, you're saying no, right? Right. Best of the Super Juniors.
1: What's happening in Shaman at the moment, everything looks like it's gone back to normal. People are sending me photos where you know the the wet markets are open again the parks are open everyone's going out and that kind of makes me nervous because i'm scared that you, you look at what's happening in places like taiwan or hong kong and singapore where they had it under control and then they took their eye off the ball they got complacent and now it's back now they're struggling again but using shaman as an example if, you know, fingers crossed things go right there, if Japan manages to get their shit together and deal with it properly and lock things down, I think doing it properly a month, you could have things close to normal. So I'm going to be optimistic and say yes to Best of the Super Juniors. Okay. All right. All right. But you've got to be pretty draconian I mean I don't know if I mentioned it last week When I go back to Shaman And when my colleagues are are going back to China There is a mandatory Two week hotel Quarantine At your own expense So it doesn't matter which country you're coming from That plane lands You're sitting on that plane for four hours Then you're being taken to Different hotels across the city Right this is the hotel you're staying at Do not come out of that room for two weeks and people coming in to test you that is the kind of shit that needs to be done in order to to deal with this properly so whether or not Japan do that I don't know but if they do do that I think there is the the steps to success
0: and again doctor Dr. Joel Abraham is do you think that's the only way this gets sorted out Yep. yeah I tend to agree I tend to agree all right um what other what other questions do we have from our loyal listeners to, to the uh, the, well, the COVID nineteen slash JCast.
1: <laughs> let's have a bit of good news, Damon. Because all right. all bad news so far. It's so been a very no. somber beginning to the podcast. But if this doesn't get you excited, then nothing will. And that is the news that one Matt Hardy's AEW <laughs> contract allows him to work New Japan as well, and he is an exp- he has expressed interest in working NJPW and working Wrestle Kingdom. So. Damon, Matt Hardy in New Japan? Yes or no?
0: No, no, no. Uh, I'm a, I'm a firm no. Um, I love it. I love it when all these guys, you know, get released, and it's like, oh, well, just, yeah, I I, I, I want to go to New Japan like, exactly. yeah, I'm sure you do. Doesn't mean New Japan wants you. Let's,
1: let's make that very clear. Um, My favorite response was WH saying, you might as well ask if I want irritable bowel syndrome. <laughs> sounds, sounds fun.
0: <laughs> um, you know, again, it's, I just don't think it's a good fit. And I saw some people mention, you know, he would be maybe like in a comedy role, a mid-card role, blah, blah, blah. Here's here. It, it, remember when Rey Mysterio was was hanging around uh, in the mix? Uh, I don't want. I'm not a big fan of guys who have made their mark and done their deal and and have had a long career taking mid card spots from people who are trying to get to mid card spots does that make any sense like i'm tr- like I, I like i feel like that is a great example of a guy who's not a fit not really what i'd be looking for if i was a new japan pro wrestling fan being popped in there because he's matt hardy you know and while we have a, we have a talent roster that is Stuff to the gills with guys busting their asses trying to get to that rung where Matt Hardy's going to just plop in. I understand the value of Matt Hardy in the sense of he's a name, America. Expand. I'm kind of sick of that stuff. Um, that's a spot where people are fighting for, and Matt Hardy's going to parachute in. I don't know. I don't I don't. and again if you
1: reduce Robinson, Juice Robinson has to lay down for him.
0: <laughs> right. Right. If I'm Juice Robinson, I'm like, Ooh, what? Uh you know, David Finley, Hanare. Get me Triple
1: H's phone number now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right.
0: Right. It's uh, you know, those those people. You know, Tonga Loa, uh yeah, you know, those that that rung. They gotta be looking like oh, what? Um so I'm I'm a hard firm no no thanks for all the reasons and here's another thing too let's be truthful even for the for the people that are like yeah put him in a mid card comedy let him roll around with Yano and Colt Cabana and you know all that it, it, would it be worth it like like for the money that that Matt Hardy would want. Is that worth it? Like, is Matt Hardy? Are you going to? Is the return on investment there for Matt Hardy in a New Japan Pro Wrestling ring? It's not like it's Chris Jericho, you know what I mean? It's not like it's you know Kenneth. It's not like it's uh, Cody. Um, I don't. I just don't see the benefit being there. I don't even think I should be putting Cody in that fucking same sentence. To be honest with you, Uh, but you get my point.
1: Would you rather? Oh. New Japan comes back for Dontaku, but Matt Hardy gets a run, a mid-card run with a company, including a Wrestle Kingdom match, okay. or no Dontaku, New Japan comes back for Best of the Super Juniors, no Matt Hardy.
0: So no Dontaku, but we come back for Best of the Super Juniors?
1: Yeah, so basically, you either get, Will you? would you sacrifice the entire Dontaku tour to not have Matt Hardy working with the company. <laughs> yes. Yes, I would. Yeah, me too. I tell you, <laughs> the day, I put out a Twitter poll, and I was shocked how many people said yes. And when I said, would you be interested in seeing Matt Hardy in New Japan? A third of the people said yes. It was 30, uh, 768 votes. 33.2% said yes, which I thought was really high. And I'm shocked that so many people thought that there was value to it. But what did make me laugh is, One of our friends, one of our many friends in Japan, I won't name because I want to put them on blast here, but uh, our friend said... Uh, anyway, <laughs> zero interest in Matt Hardy. Why are the Hardy brothers so popular? They're not popular in Japan at all, like Nick Aldis. Have you watched <laughs> Jeff Hardy versus Naito, TNA title at Tokyo? It was so terrible. I feel Matt Hardy's, like, hand saying, I can wrestle at WrestleMania because of my contract with New Japan, or Makabe. If Matt Hardy really wants to come to New Japan, he must eat a pin to Yoshihashi or Korakuen, and he has to do laundry for the LA Dojo, guys. They are much more important than Hardys. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Preach! Th- that. I 100% <laughs> agree with every word of that. Yeah, I, I I'm on board. I want to now that now
0: now let's 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 throw in a little a little monkey wrench here. If Matt Hardy agrees to do laundry for the LA Dojo boys, like he's laundry guy now, I would bring in Matt Hardy for Dantaku. <laughs> if if there is visual proof that Matt Hardy is doing laundry. And chunko duties, I would be, I would, I would be in. I would be okay with it. I'd be okay with it. I need, some, I, I need some dues to be paid. Is basically what I'm saying. And he said, I need him to be hit with that fucking kendo stick by Shibata a couple times before before he's on Dantaku.
1: Let's move on to a segment of the show that I teased earlier, which I'm quite excited about. I know, Damon, you're scared. And that is our dramatic reading of a fanfic. Aww. So w- let's do it. And then if you're not feeling good about it afterwards, we can ask Dan to delete it in post. All right?
0: All right. All right. That's fair. Now, again, we did – so So somebody wrote this to us. Somebody sent this to us, right?
1: Someone on Twitter sent me the link to it. It's new. Um, I don't know if the person who linked me to it on Twitter is the author – Oh, I've sent a a message saying, uh, "Hi, can I read this on the podcast, please? It's great." And I kind of feel by the the tone of it invites a reading, but let's read it and and see what you think. If if not, we we can always get down to trim out this audio and save it until we've got permission from the writer. So there's another option. So here's Um, the thing:
0: so if you're hearing this right now, we got permission. Right? Yeah. So if, at, at this point, if you hear our voices And we're talking about this We got permission Okay, uh, I'm, That's fair
1: but then, but then it's going to take forever for us to fucking release the show No, no, no I'm saying, don't, not holding the show I mean, if we don't get a response from the person We can get Dan, can you just cut this chunk of audio And save that chunk of audio okay, For uh, next okay. week
0: Gotcha, gotcha Okay. Alright, then let's go with it Let's fucking do it
1: Okay. Have you got the link there? I do. Oh, I do. Oh my god! All right. Okay, so okay, you can uh, read. Man. You you read the bits. Oh. That's Damon oh. speaking. I'll do the the narrator and the bits, Joel. So the title okay. of this piece is, uh, and, and again, I d- want to preface this like, please respect the fanfic community. This is great stuff. We really appreciate the work people do. Don't go pestering them or uh, sharing stuff without their consent. All all that stuff. Like I said last week, don't want to get in trouble again. So title of this piece is Super J Fist. By its underscore felt bar. I gotta get it. I gotta
0: over. I gotta proceed.
1: Okay, great. Oh, okay. There he is. Okay. Summary. Oh, my. Are you yeah, sure okay. about this? Notes. Welcome to the big leagues, boys. Here's your fanfic. <laughs>
0: okay. Okay. okay ready. ready? So yes. the
1: f- first line is me. Second line is you. Chapter okay. one. Are you sure about this? Of course, I'm sure. Why wouldn't I be? No, I meant this. Joel held up the dish of butter. It had warmed to room temperature, and the edges were softened. The surface is glimmering. Are you sure we should use butter? What else would I want you to use? Olive oil, maybe? Joel suggested. When he saw the incredulous look Damon gave him, he added, "Some type of healthy alternative." Oh my God, really?
0: You think I'm worried about fucking calories or triglycerides or whatever the fuck? At a time like this, it's a special occasion. This person nailed me perfectly. <laughs> I'm just saying, butter doesn't seem like the best... Mm, Am I going to have to do this myself? Damon griped. Just grease up your fist
1: and get after it for fuck's sake. Joel hesitated a moment longer before he scooped up a dollop of the butter. It glistened in the low light as he slathered it onto his bare hands, taking care to coat every inch of skin, thick streaks of pale yellow fat all the way up to his wrist. He wiped the butter off on his other hand, one of his, the spread thighs in front of him and gripped a leg to steady it as he lined his slick, oiled fist up with the hole. <laughs> the first few fingers entered effortlessly into the gaping hole, but Joel oh. soon encountered resistance as he worked all four fingers in up to the base of his hand. Wow! He could hear, he could hear Damon breathing, a chuff of impatience, followed by... Oh, oh, I'm sorry. You gotta get it really open. I am! Not with that fucking technique! You gotta start working your thumb in there if you wanna... Piss off! Joel <laughs> ran his thumb back and forth across where the hole was pulled out. Delicate skin tre- stretched wide. Then ah. he tucked his thumb, bringing all the fingers of his hand together as he slid it in, deeper and deeper, until his entire fist was engulfed up to the <gasps> wrist inside of the orifice. Letting Ooh. go of the breath that he hadn't realized he was holding, Joel pissed in his arm back and forth, fist-fucking it until... Uh, now put the... Beer- <laughs> now put the beer can in! Didn't I tell you to piss off? Joel looked over his shoulder to where where Damon, who stood impatient, both of his arms in slings. What? I'm just trying to help you here. Fuck! I know how to make a beer can chicken.
0: (laughs) Sorry for interrupting you, your precious moment.
1: Joel pulled his hand free with a lewd wet sound to swat at Damon. It wasn't much of a serious attempt, but Damon dodged backwards nonetheless, keen on avoiding the hand that was dripping melted butter and chicken juices, even with the immobilization braces on his arms impeding his movement. I'm the one I'm helping the... you out here, so cut the backseat driving. If you wanted to do it yourself, then you shouldn't have strained both your rotator cusps beating off Kevin Kelly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me! how the fuck to live
1: my life you know me when I go I go hard I'm <laughs> applauding that what a brilliant piece of fiction that was, that was I say fantastic. fiction <laughs> <laughs> that
0: was fantastic so, so it's a beer can chicken we're making here <laughs> what, what did
1: you think was going on
0: well sounded to me like uh, I, was gonna, I was getting fisted that's what it sounded like, but uh, get your
1: mind out of the gutter.
0: I know, I know. That was a swerve. That was a little, <laughs> a little. I like the fact that we're having a nice meal, a nice beer, can chicken. Ah, uh, that was great. I hope this makes the light of day, uh, because honestly, that was funny and good and good writing. Excellent job. i um, I'm, I, I feel like we've made it. I feel, I, I actually, you're not going I'm, I'm not lying when I say this. I haven't felt this good in, in days. Like right now. Just laughing and ha- that that was good. I hope yeah. I hope this sees the light of day. And I and here's what I need for you to do. I need when you contact that person again, just to make sure we can get permission. I want you to let them know that I and, and this is a shoot. I I'm not bullshitting. I like l- legit laughed harder than I have in days and it has put a smile on my face. And I think this would be funny for everybody. So um awesome awesome work excellent I, I feel great.
1: yeah I I feel genuinely like privileged and humbled that a writer of this level of skill and talent would take their time to write something like this about us which has made us both laugh and I just think it's fantastic it's really well written this is just excellent stuff me too I me too I I'm
0: I'm I kid you not I'm smiling from ear to ear for the first time in days so I mean, yeah. Okay. I hope it. I hope it sees the the, the later day. I really do. All
1: right. I want to talk to gaming Damon. Damon, please yeah. talk to me about your experiences with Shadow of the Colossus, which is one of my oh. favorite games of all time. Talk to me,
0: Joel. I'm in love with this game. I am in love with this game. First, I'm playing on a, a PS4. Um, the the visuals and the graphics uh, are stunning i i don't think i've ever experienced a video game like it um and i'm not a big video game guy i don't play a ton of games but this is like it's some some of these scenes there's one scene where you're like where you're it's like a gigantic cavernous waterfall and just the deep the level of detail is unbelievable 2 um you're right it is like puzzles so you so again the the object of, you're, you're, I guess, like a prince of some kind, and you're carrying this uh, woman. I don't know if it's his girlfriend, his wife. I don't know what what the story is. Sister, I don't know. But um, carrying her through the woods to this gigantic ruin, uh, and you have to defeat these colossuses that represent evil or whatever. I don't even know what. Um, and there's like seven, eight, ten of them that you have to defeat. And it is kind of like a puzzle because you you go into it. You travel to – you own horseback to where these monsters are and you have to beat them. But you don't know how to beat them. You're just like, okay, I got a bow and arrow. I got a sword and then I don't know what the fuck. So you – it's a lot of trial and error and like, okay. But they all have like these tufts of fur and it seems like they all have a a very common theme of you got to get on the fucking fur and then climb on this gigantic colossus to get like their I, I call it their weak spots or their fucking hot spots um and you got to stab it and then it gushes this fucking black blood um it's awesome i i'm having so much fun. it's frustrating because there's times where it's like i don't know what the fuck and then i got to go to then i i feel like i'm cheating but i got to go to like online like a video and be like oh how the fuck do i even attempt to beat this
1: guy um it does give you so, clues. Doesn't that sort of omniscient narration give you? Yeah, yeah it, gives it you does. Really it does. Like,
0: um, what was the one that I beat without a video? Um, the one where you had to hide. So it was like you're in this gigantic room, and then they had you hide underneath this overpass, and, the, and uh, this big colossus has this gigantic beard, and it will, it will lean down and kind of look to see if you're in that cubby thing. And then you hop on the beard quick. And then you climb up and you fucking stab the shit out of it.
2: In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com. The only repack that provides real value and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to, to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs. And it ends up being, you know, almost nothing, You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. Off again, that's arena club.com/slash VOW net, arena club.com/slash VOW net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of the Wrestling Podcast Network.
0: Um, so yeah, that one it did give you a clue, but even the clues are kind of like you know, they're like in like you know, proverb speak, and I'm like, what the fuck does that mean, you know? Um, but Grab his beard it- and stab the shit
1: out of it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, that's what I want. I want clear instructions, please. Grab it onto his beard, stab the shit out of it. Um, but they all have a very similar theme in the sense of again, you got to get on the colossus. That's really the that's really your goal. So you know that going in, um, and you know that you to navigate once you're on top of this fucking beast is you know the, you got to you know you're looking for those hot spots. So. The hard part is like, how do you get on it? Like there's one where you're in this, this gigantic body of water and it's like a, it's like an eel almost. So you got to like, you're on it, but like, how the fuck do I latch on to this fucker? And it, you know, it takes you underwater. So you're holding your breath. So your stamina gets down because you're holding on. And, and then there was one with like a giant bird that you had to get. It was, I don't know, dude. I love it. I, I swear to you, I have played it every night. Right now, I am in the level where it's, it's it's kind of like a giant cockroach, I guess, where it's like you're in this like uh, ruin, but it's like cylindrical, and you have to kind of shoot an arrow, poof, uh, and then it climbs up the wall, and you got to shoot it off the wall. You hit its feet, poof, it falls, and then you got to hurry up and get down, jump down, and then get the fuck on top of him and stab him, and I haven't, I can't get down quick enough. Like, I, I, I'm literally jumping from seven stories to get down to the ground, to run over, to stab him. But by, by the time I get there, I can't. Like, he's coming too. Um, so I haven't beaten him with that one. I was working on that one last night. Um, but I, I, I love it. I really do. I've never really felt this way about a video game. And maybe it's just everything that's going on right now. But I, this, is, this is the most fun I've had playing a video game. Besides, like, Fire Pro, where I'm not really playing. Or, like, not even a sports game. Like, this is this has truly been maybe top three games I've ever played.
1: It's quite a unique experience, isn't it? Because there's not really any dialogue or a lot of characters or regular enemies, so to speak. So what really stuck with me, I mean, aside from the Colossus fights themselves, are those moments of, you know, solitary... In contemplation where you're on the back of your horse aggro and you're trotting through you know like a some plains or over a bridge or across uh, through, through a glade or you know the sun's peeking through the trees and all that stuff and there's no music and there's no dialogue it's just you running along with your horse and there's that kind of sense of sort of melancholy loneliness about it isn't there
0: yeah 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 and you know what you mentioned the music too like the music is somewhat haunting. Um, it's it, it like Cheryl would walk in the room, and be like, Oh my God, what the, what is this music? It's so sad. I'd <laughs> be like, it's the game, but it's kind of, I like it. Um, yeah, you're right. It's, and, and again, the, it's very vast. Um, it seems like you could take that horse and just, you know, go forever. Like I've gotten lost plenty of times. I yet you I had to like hold up your, your sword to get the, to find out which fucking direction you got to go. Um, there've been times where i've been like i don't even know where the fuck i am at this point. And you wind up in caves and then you wind up out, you know, in in another area where you're just like holy shit, look at this. This is amazing. Um yeah, the detail in in, in some of these landscapes it's unbelievable. Like even like something as simple as like the grass. You know what i mean? Like the and the little lizards that you can shoot for extra stamina. Um you know, just little things like that. I just, I'm, I'm in love with the game. Uh, uh, and the game's not new, is it? It's like at least a couple of years old, right?
1: Uh, I think it might be around 2008, actually. Wow. All right. Well, I mean, that's... No, 2005. That's 15 years ago. Yeah.
0: Holy shit. That's, that's amazing. Do you think they'd
1: come out with another version of this? It's part of a sort of loosely connected trilogy. The first one was called Eco or Ico, ICO. And the this uh, then Shadow of the Colossus was next. And then there was one called The Last Guardian. I haven't played The Last Guardian yet, but um Would they remake it? I I think yeah, well. I mean this one that you're playing is a kind of remake slash remaster of the original one, but uh I think there'd definitely be demand for a sequel or maybe like a, a full sort of from the ground up remake somewhere down the line. Uh, I even heard talk about um, them trying to do a Hollywood movie about it, which I think would be absolutely terrible. But um, I was listening to a podcast about it. If anyone else is into video games, it's the Kane and Rince video game podcast and funnily enough on monday they released an episode about shadow of the colossus and that was really interesting because they went into some of the the development history and the huge um like unofficial fan campaigns to try and figure out the secrets you know people hunting for uh, to see if there was like a hidden 17th colossus in the game and secrets and stuff like that which was i found really interesting there's a really good youtube video about it so yeah it's just absolutely fascinating absorbing wonderful game
0: yeah, I mean and this is coming from a person who again doesn't necessarily there there's a little bit of a learning curve but it's not like, you know, you you'll get it quick if if you're not a video game person, um you'll you'll pick up on it quick. It it's so much fun. I I can't imagine I and I couldn't imagine it being that much fun, but um it, it is. It's it's it I'm loving every minute of it and I'll go so far as to say, Joel, there are times where I'm lying in bed before I fall asleep, and I'm thinking, all right, when I wake up tomorrow, I'm going to fucking try it this way. I'm going to try going up this way. <laughs> like That's that my- a sign of
1: a great <laughs> game, isn't it? When it right. gets inside your head like that.
0: Right. I'm sitting there like, okay, right, if I just fucking, yeah, you know what? There is that thing. Right, I'm going to try that. And then- <laughs> right. And then I'm looking forward to doing it. So, yes, uh, A+. plus, great, great job. Great recommendation from Joel Abraham. Excellent job.
1: Right, let's move on to the Super J-Cast Classic Watch Along. Uh, first match I, that I picked this one was the Taichi versus Takamichi Nooku match from 18th of May 2017 in the best of the Super Juniors. And As always, we've got the great uh, contextual notes from a friend of the show, Manabu, who says uh, the main event of this same show was Osprey versus Ricochet. So Taichi and Taka tried to do something completely opposite to the main event. However, Meltzer gave four and three-quarter stars for Osprey Ricochet and one quarter for Taka Taichi. So there's no justice in the world, Damon. Um, so, you know, obviously this is a match that I picked. Um, my thought, I mean, first of all, Taka, what an underrated entrance team. I, I love that one and I miss hearing it. Uh, also, I forgot to mention last week when we were talking about favourite entrance teams, I really like Kanemaru's. I know Kanemaru wasn't in this match, but when we finished recording, I was like, ah, oh, I forgot to say Kanemaru's sly boots team. Really like that one. Um, And I noticed on Taka Michinoku's robe, he had ready to kiss. So I don't know what that means, but uh, obviously he was ready to do that. And there were the dueling chants, the Taichi, Kairei, and Let's Go Taichi. So Korakuen, as always, ahead of the curve. And you can clearly see a couple of guys in the front row just fucking about on their phones as Taka and Taichi are circling each other in the first few minutes. But the crowd do get into it, even though there's not really anything happening. And I just thought these two guys built great drama from just like whether or not they're even going to lock hands. And it's a match that's almost DDT-ish. It reminded me of the Akito versus Asuka Light Tube death match last year. Uh, but this was something that I think made sense with the characters. It was creative. I thought it was really funny. And half of the selling in this match is done via subtle facial expressions. Like, Taichi's really great at that. His little smirks as he's doing the count-out teases, like getting in and out of the ring at the 19th count. And then... Taka kicking the ropes, the low-blow Taichi, I thought was a really good payoff to the, the no-contact like first six, seven minutes of the match. And I just loved the way that they weren't willing to physically attack each other directly, but they were doing it indirectly, like the, the turnbuckle, shoulder-charge spot and things like that. And it was just interesting to me how Taka was positioned as the de facto babyface and the first actual physical attack of the match ended up winning the match. And then you had Taichi, you know, jumping up and down, smiling. He's raising the ref's hands. That was a real joy. And even Taka's got a cheeky little smile of begrudging admiration for his teammate. And and they have a fist bump and a hug at the end. And they get some applause from the audience. And it highlights one thing that I really love about New Japan, which is the fluidity of the heel and face dynamics. In that, in 2017, Suzuki-gun were absolute scumbags. Everyone hated Suzuki-gun. They were putting on Horrible, like, interference-filled bullshit matches. But here, you get a fun little match with a feel-good moment at the end. And also, I think it's a very timely match. It's the ultimate COVID-19 match because they barely touch each other. So this is your blueprint for wrestling going forward. You-, you can learn a lot from this one. What did you think of it? Yeah,
0: this is, yeah, this is, uh, this is what wrestling will be now. Uh, they, they set the mold. Um, I remember doing, talking about this match uh, when it happened. And I think one of the 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 highlights for me personally was the realization of when you when you get what they're going for, you get that oh my god they're they're going to work a match where they don't touch each other the entire way, right? Uh, and and it's it's amazing how your body chemistry changes when. When you finally clued in and you get the joke and you get what, what they were going for. Because in the beginning, I remember being almost uh, physically ill at the anger that was coursing through my bones of what was going on, what was going on and the stalling and the, it was just like, what the fuck? Come on. And then again, there's a light bulb moment and I forget exactly where it is in the match, but. It's when, you know, when you finally realize what they're going for and it's it's, it's – you're in on the joke and you go, oh, they're – and that, now you're rooting for it. You don't want to see them touch. Right? You don't want you want to see what else they can do. How can they get out of this puzzle without touching the walls? Um, and And it turned into something interesting. Yeah, and it turned into something fun. And – you know, let's be honest, there really hasn't been that anything since that, um, when it comes to uh a, a match that's worked like that. And it was worked it wasn't campy, it wasn't um you know, it wasn't like invisible man shit, you know what I mean? Like, like it wasn't that. Uh it was it made some sense, right? It made it made sense uh how they were working the match. So yeah. I in a strange way, I kind of feel like this is master class pro wrestling. Let's let's have a match without having a match. Um, I, there has to be some appreciation for the creativity and being able to pull it off. There has to be. Uh, so I think I I know Meltzer, when he does his star ratings, I guess he's looking for a physical performance of a pro wrestling match. But to me, that's, like, that's, a, that's, that's really good pro wrestling, if you think about it. Um, but yeah, again, I, I think this, the, the star of the match is when you realize what, what the joke is, and now you're in on the joke, and that's when your enjoyment level goes up tenfold.
1: I have to say, I'm pleasantly surprised of how much you enjoyed this. I thought you were going to absolutely bury it. So I'm glad we're on the same page with that because I think it's... A I did it at, first. Uh, yeah, a lot I of did. people, I think, look back on it fondly. But um, yeah, certainly at the time, if you were there watching the match, then I can understand how at first you would have a different take on it.
0: Oh, absolutely. And again, keep in mind, this is... And you're right. This is, this is peak Tai Chi bullshit mode. You know what I mean? Like... The people who didn't like Tai Chi were v- like o- pinned 100 percent on that side of get him the fuck off my screen Fast forward uh, he is nonsense. he you know, you know this isn't 2020, 2019 Tai Chi. This is full deep end of the pool bullshit Tai Chi and yet you know this is this even people who even people who hated him. Appreciated this match again. Once they knew what, once they were let in on the joke, that's when you know it, it turns a corner. But yeah, the beginning of the match, oh dude, I fucking hated it. I j- I wanted to jump out a window.
1: They worked you, Damon. You got work. Yeah, a big mark. I got work.
0: Yeah, I am a big mark. You got okay,
1: that. uh second match then was the NJPW five versus UWF five elimination match. So we've got Antonio Inoki, tatsumi Fujinami, Kengo Kimura. Umanosuke Ueda and Kantaro Hoshino vs. Akira Maeda, Yoshiaki Fujiwara, Osamu Kido, Nobuhiko Takada, and Kazuo Yamazaki for New Wave Dash on 26th of March 1986. So, context from Manabu. The first UWF was started in 1984, which was one of the most innovative promotions featuring martial arts style using kicks, suplexes, submissions. UWF fans used to think UWF was the only real promotion and New Japan was fake. UWF was quite popular for hardcore Japanese wrestling fans in Tokyo, but not in the countryside at all. It was too early to understand for many casual fans because UWF style was like no rope work, no high flying moves, no taking bumps. So the first UWF collapsed in 1985 and returned to New Japan. Uh, So New Japan used the UWF style for uh, a gimmick, effectively. So for example, when the New Japan guys tried to Irish whip the UWF guys, they would refuse to cooperate by holding the opposite rope. So the New Japan versus UWF program was successful, and the elimination match is uh, part of that. And probably the first elimination match in New Japan history, and actually more than a year earlier than the first Survivor Series match. So... Uh, Damon, this was a match that you picked. So, do you want to go first and tell us your thoughts on the match?
0: Yeah. Um, I picked this match because and I picked a couple of matches because I kind of felt like they were little flag markers in new Japan history. And I kind of feel like this particular 5 on 5 um uh, I think this was the show was called New Wave Dash or something like that. Um I just re- kind of remember that name. Uh this kind of felt like it kicked off the feud officially for me. I know that they had a couple pull aparts. I think there was like a Fujiwara match and I want to say Fujiwara and um, it might have been Tatsumi Fujinami where there was a match and they brawled, you know, they they had like little, little pull aparts between UWF guys and New Japan guys. But this was like the kind of the really the official kickoff of this feud. And again, uh, Maeda left New Japan, I think it was like 84 or something like that, to form the first version of UWF. And then that fell apart. He um, apparently had some disagreements with uh, Sayama, who also went to form the first version of, of UWF. But by the end of like what what, what did um, and obviously like, like 85 UWF was go- was done. so then they brought everybody back. Uh, Fujiwara, he started in New Japan left for UWF. Um, um, I'm trying to think back. Ueda, the, the guy with the, the, the blonde hair, he was a heel for the longest time in New Japan. He was like one of those he was kind of like an Iica kind of guy. Um, like a wild guy heel. Um, and I and it was pretty significant for him to kind of join forces with the new Japan guys to ward off the UWF guys. So that, that's, that was kind of significant. Um, Fuji, excuse me, Fujinami and Kengo Kimura were the, the, the tag team champions at the time during this match. So I don't know. It just felt like a pretty significant match. Um, and the match was... I, I liked it. I, I thought the UWF guys came across as such badasses in, in in this match. Like, to me, they looked head and shoulders above the New Japan guys in the sense of badassery. And they just looked like a fucking beast team that would kick the shit out of you. Inoki looked like a total chump in the beginning. Like, all his friends holding him back. And you could kind of tell Anoki didn't want to be in there. <laughs> uh, but he had to push through, and then he wound up being the first guy in there. But it was just like kind of like, man, Anoki looked like a punk. Like you, like uh, Maid is like, nah, come on, Anoki, I want you first. And Anoki's getting hold back. I'll take you on. And all his friends holding him back. Um, and the other thing is this, and I I know I failed to mention it, and I don't know if I've mentioned it ever on a podcast, but um I absolutely loathe the fucking way. Noki hits the ropes. I can't stand the way he hits where he bends his knee so low, and he's like his like he's like bouncing off the middle rope. He gets so low. I hate that. Just bounce off the ropes regular, will you please? Um, but yes, yeah, so I I like the match a lot. I, I don't think it's the greatest match on paper, but I just think from a historical standpoint, and all those little points that led up to where that match is i thought was really fucking interesting
1: yeah watching it you really get a feel for what a huge star inoki is and the way that the crowd react to him and everything that he does and even though i don't recognize a lot of guys in the match i don't have a real appreciation of the context even so it just looks it feels like the five versus five elimination match against the hostile invading force done to perfection and we've seen it often imitated over the years. you know. It reminds me of the, when I was watching wrestling in my early years, that horrible WCW-ECW alliance invasion of WWF in 2001. And then they had that terrible uh, Survivor Series blow-off match where the WCW team had like Stone Cold Steve Austin and, and Kurt Angle in it. It was just a disaster. But this match has a nuclear crowd. It's fast-paced, very crisp work tons of drama and I really wish we could get something like this again and I'm so sorry to do this Damon but but if they ever decide to open that forbidden door just imagine that that AW team of like Cody, Kenny, Paige and the Young Bucks against a team New Japan with a stipulation like the losers have to work shows for the opposing promotion in their home country so, like, if Team AEW loses, then they have to work New Japan shows in the States. And if uh, Team New Japan lose, then the AEW guys... Uh, uh, no, the New Japan guys uh, have to work some AEW shows. Um, I Something like that would be really cool. Um, on the topic, who would you pick for Team New Japan in that kind of scenario?
0: So, if I'm using this as the template, right? So, you have to have your, your top guy. So, it would be... Like like the figurehead top guy, right? The face of a promotion. So, uh, I would go Tanahashi. I would go Okada. I would go, like, Naito would be my 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 wild card, right? Like, oh my god, Naito's teaming with these guys. Um, so yeah, I would go. And and but you got to figure somebody's got to do a job too. So maybe Goto in there too, right? So like. Tanahashi, Okada, Naito, uh, Goto, and um... mm. uh, who would be my fourth guy or fifth guy? Uh, good question. Who would be my my last guy?
1: Hmm. Do you want to hear my team? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah.
0: Uh, I'm sticking I'm trying to think of like a middle middle card guy. Uh, that would be a good fit for that, that would make sense. Uh I'm th- I I'm I'm like leaning toward juice, to be honest with you. I'm leaning toward juice. Mm. Okay,
1: My team was Tanahashi's the captain, obviously. Um Okada, like they're they're two starting off, right, we've got to make this team to get rid of these invaders. And Ibushi, once he hears that a certain someone is involved in the AEW team. and He's like, right, I want to get involved. I want to settle the score here. Um, Juice is getting involved because he knows all about getting rid of AEW guys. You know, he, as he famously said, that he pulled friction Cody's ass right out of the company. And I'd have Will Ospreay as my fifth member of the team, just because. I think he'd enjoy that.
0: Okay. Yeah, I would put Goto in there in the mix. I would have want, wanted to be a little bit more Japanese heavy. Yeah, if that maybe Ishii
1: then, it'll be a good pick.
0: Oh, that may, yeah, that you know that might be my fifth guy. That, that that's not bad. That's not bad. Uh but yeah, Naito being the, the that wild card, right? That guy that oh my god, he's actually joining this group to uh that's the seriousness of this of this of what's happening that that Naito would 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 even consider doing something like this so yeah I would do that
1: so Um, you wouldn't do like Jay White joining the team saying no you know I am the young line in the dojo I want to protect this and then during the match he just fucks them over and walks off
0: (laughs) I mean you could I mean that, that I know we're doing a lot of fantasy booking my favorite but yeah you could do that sure absolutely uh AEW side obviously Kenny uh Cody Hangman Page um, who would be? Who would fill your other two spots? Not the young bucks.
1: Yeah, why not? Yeah, because they would be lying down. They would be almost lying. Down. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, we've got some breaking news here. Uh oh. The governor of Tokyo has basically said that people should not go out. Oh. So. I mean, the way I see it, there's no way to do shows for any pro wrestling company if that is going to be enforced.
0: So is that an official mandate or is that a suggestion?
1: It looks like it's a suggestion because I asked, Manabu told me actually, and I said, was it a should not go out or must not go out? He said should not. So again, I don't know if this is one of those sort of recommendations rather than official orders, but...
0: It sounds like we're back to square one again, there, though, doesn't it? Mm. Doesn't it sound like we're going we're, we're, we're going backwards, where we we thought maybe there was a light at the end of the tunnel? Well, this feel- is
1: vindicate what I said, isn't it? That the them trying to save face, like you know, Krusty is coming, Krusty is coming, the Olympics are coming. That was them doing all the half ass measures, but now that's been taken off the table. They can deal with it
0: properly. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, that really, really was it was it was the uh, elephant in the room, wasn't it? All right, there you go. All right, so what did you think of this match? Give me, uh, give me a, a, a letter grade, flakes, whatever your recommendation. Give, give me what you thought overall.
1: I'll give it a three and three quarters because not having the context. I can only enjoy it so much with the emotional investment I imagine I would absolutely adore this but just just going purely by you know the crowd reaction and the work I think three and three quarters is my score
0: Okay, I think that's fair excellent job
1: All right, let's move on Uh, next is Keijimuto versus Nobuhiko Takada uh, 9th of October 1995 so again Manabu gives us the context Uh, There's apparently too many stories behind the match to mention. Uh, New Japan and UWF International hated each other at the time. Even both fans hated each other too. And then suddenly it happened. The show was historically the most successful show ever, even up to now. Tokyo Dome was completely sold out on the Monday. It was not a Saturday or a Sunday, not a national holiday. This was just a regular-ass Monday. And some people who couldn't buy tickets were watching on the monitor screens in the stadium from outside and listening to the theme songs trying to figure out which person won so i don't did you watch this on new japan world i watched it on new japan world and and i have a a
0: a copy of it yeah on my hard drive yes
1: did you catch the bit at the start when they're interviewing inoki and they're these three delinquent teenagers like peak (laughs) 90s slacker scumbag teen archetypes like, mouthing shit at the camera. And then the one guy just flips up the middle finger before the camera cuts away. And then you get all these other rap scallions trying to poke their heads into the frame. I couldn't stop laughing. I thought it was brilliant. Did you notice that as well? Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah,
0: that's... Uh, I know, this dig- the dignified Antonio Nogi has to put up with the trash behind him. <laughs> just fl- flipping the bird in the, in the camera. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember getting the, the Observer. And, uh, again... I I, t- I say it all the time, but at the time, it would be months before you would get these matches on VHS, and you know, the he, Meltzer was writing about how the gate was was blowing blowing everything out the doors, and and the interest in it, um, and and it's funny because it's, it feels like you know New Japan was able to milk this idea of UWF versus uh, New Japan. For and you know, we'll call it shooting versus pro wrestling. They were able to milk it for so long <laughs> and so many generations. It felt like, and and maybe even to this day, they could probably go back to it. Um, and this was kind of like the climax of that. Um, I think it's a, a, a climax in the sense of business and and New Japan popularity. As you know, as this was a le- legitimate sellout and a legitimate gate that that. You know blew the doors off of just about anything pro wrestling um and the idea was you know the the entire show revolved around uh u w f versus New Japan with the main event being um uh Kijimoto versus uh Nobihiko Takata. and shockingly, not to give away spoilers, but you should have watched it already um pro wrestling
1: wins with a figure four leg lock show. <laughs> I enjoyed this a lot because, again, similar to the last match, there was white-hot crowds, like, just living or dying by every single hold and counter hold. And even though at the start of the match, there's lots of, like, tentative, feeling out, grappling, but it's those little bursts when Takada starts laying in the kicks or Muto lands a suplex. They've got such great reactions and just fantastic dynamics, like the good versus bad, the red trunks versus the blue trunks. It's just like something out of a, an 80s movie or, or an arcade game. And that monster pop when Takada tapped out at the end. And I know they kind of cut it out in the world stream, but you can find uh, other versions of it on other websites where you can hear that pop in full. And I thought this was laid out really effectively as a kind of quasi-work shoot match with Muto targeting Takada's knee. It was simple, but really well executed. The kind of thing you might, might, might expect to see in a real MMA fight, so I thought it was really well done. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I actually, while while you were talking,
0: I I have the program to that show. Um, and I'm kind of just kind of leafing through it a little bit. Um, it, it, it the the whole thing was just built around that um, that idea of of UWF versus New Japan, and I'm just kind of thumbing my way through this as as I mean this ad Liger. Naoki Sano, Naoki Sano went to this, went to UWF-5. Um, I actually have a, <laughs> I, I, this is the first time I must have really, really leafed through this. There are there are two stickers. There's a sticker of the the Muda Takata match. There's like a, a, a mini sticker. And then there's another sticker where it's New Japan versus, it's just the logos. It's like New Japan and UWFI logos stickers right in the in the thing. I never even noticed that. Um, yeah, but it, I, to me this match it started slow. Let's be honest. It didn't. It didn't really kick in until we maybe three minutes. Right, but that last three minutes
1: was pretty great. Um, to be fair, right, like, that is the kind of thing you might expect from a top-level MMA match. I don't know if you watch any UFC, but uh, there was a recent middleweight title fight between Israel Adesanya and Yoel Romero where it was basically 25 minutes of that, <laughs> 25 minutes of right. bullshit, nothing. So uh, I'll forgive them that. Maybe they, they wanted to go with the realism there. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure, you know, I'm, I'm sure. And, and some people, if you read reviews of this match online, you know you you have a pretty large faction of people that are like, oh, Muda was lazy, and you got lazy Muda, and uh, he doesn't know how to work, um, that shoot style or whatever. I like the match just for the drama of it. I like the match for the historical context of it. Um, I don't think the match was horrible. It's not for everyone's taste, that's for sure. Um, I was a huge fan of Nobuhiko Takata. I really thought he was the bee's knees. Sometimes I, I, sometimes when it turned into those those worked shoots, they didn't always stick with me. I liked I liked him as a pro wrestler. I liked him as a badass. I'm gonna kick your face off, pro wrestler, as opposed to I'm gonna be shoot style, you know, worked shoot slash MMA guy like that. Those matches never really stuck as hard for me as, say, him just being a badass pro wrestler. Um, but again, I think, I think the match is significant in the sense that, you know, from a business standpoint, you're probably looking at peak New Japan. Um, so I think it's, it's one of those matches where I feel like everybody needs to see it just to say, okay, there, there's another flagpole stuck in the ground of New Japan
1: history. Jax says, I'd say this is related to one of the matches enough. Which of the UWF runs is your favorite? Um,
0: I like the first one, personally. I, I'll tell you what, the the war uh, invasion, WAR invasion, sometimes I like a little bit more. I like the first UW, UWF invasion one. I like that one. Um, I just think the matches are more heated. It was the first one, so it was fresh for everybody. Um, I like a lot of the guys that were involved in it. So I would go first one. But I still think like war was, was one of the better invasions too. Um, but I, I would go first one.
1: That brings us on to our last match, which was Big Van Vader versus Shinya Hashimoto from 24th of April 1989 at Manibu enlightens us the match was the final of a single elimination tournament at the first Tokyo Dome show for New Japan the main theme of the show was that many Russian wrestlers were coming to New Japan for the first time so that one night tournament had Fujinami Choshu Hashimoto Chono Vader Buzz Sawyer Vladimir Berkovich and Viktor Zangiev and fans of Street Fighter 2 might recognize the name so the uh, Zangiev character in Street Fighter 2 was inspired by Viktor Zangiev who wrestled on this show so uh, Damon take it away please what did you think?
0: Uh, So, again, here's another historical match that is one of those defining moments. Um, Shinya Hashimoto, in this match, was, like, super young. He... And he did a lot of stuff in Memphis, and, if I'm not mistaken, Stampede, uh, like, for his excursions. and And he was really... I wouldn't even say he was coming back to New Japan. He... Was, like, the next week, he was on Memphis TV, if I'm not mistaken. He was doing, like, this gimmick, Shogun, I think it was. I, I want to say it was, like, the next week, he's in Memphis doing shows. After this show. Um, and Vader was always kind of, like, earmarked. He he was just involved in that Sumo Hall angle where, um, you know, they got banned because of the riot in the crowd. Um, So it was kind of weird. Hashimoto pinned... Uh, two of the Russian uh, wrestlers, the and, th- and that was a huge build-up too, the idea of these legitimate amateur-style amateur wrestlers who were coming into New Japan. Um, yeah, there was a 10-man tournament for the vac-ed, vac- vacated IWGP Heavyweight Championship uh, because I think Fujinami had back issues. I want to say spine issues or back issues or some shit like that. So he vacated the title they had this kind of mini tournament uh Hashimoto came came out of nowhere to kind of be in the finals against Vader and to put on a strong showing uh Vader pinned Masahiro Chono I think in the first round in like 5 minutes and then he pinned uh Tatsumi Fujinami which was you know kind of like um a big deal at the time and then <laughs> fucking Luther is Luthea's in as as special guest referee. I, I don't know what it is in pro wrestling, Joel. Maybe you can help me. Why do pro wrestlers make the absolute shitbag worst referees in matches? They are almost always horrific. You would think that they would be great. They are almost always horrible. And luthea's that three count. So Vader hits this fucking huge lariat but it didn't look like it was like a like a like a pinning move, but he hits him with a really stiff Lariat. Boom. Hashimoto goes down. Here's the count. One, two, two and a half, two and three quarters. Th- three. <laughs> the pause between two and three was horrific. It was like, and then everybody's kind of like, is that the finish? Is that the end? Is, is that what happened? And then yeah, it was. So it looked like it was a total fuck up finish at the end. Thay is stalling on the count looked terrible. Uh, but there you go. We we have a a Vader crowned as the new IWGP heavyweight champion.
1: Yeah, I had the same thing in my notes. It just really took the wind out of the cells in the end of that match because it just it just felt like a very weird finish. And if you can hear noises behind me, Mali thinks this is the optimum time to be doing the dishes. So there we go. A bit of background noise for you. I like Vader's little mask and the thingy. I don't know what it was. Was it like body armour or something with the steam coming out? And then Hashimoto just looking distinctly unimpressed with his arms folded afterwards. And also, like, early on in the match, there was some really loud coughing in the background. Like, someone really hacking their lungs up, which... In this day and age, I found deeply disturbing. I'm sort of looking around, thinking like, "Oh God, I'm going to catch it." And yeah, this is a fun match. I, I like seeing Hash laying the kicks in. Vader screams, and again, like last week, you're just getting huge reactions for simple moves like a, a hammerlock or a shoulder breaker. And yeah, Vader's Larry is just absolutely brutal. Just the the prototype for you know the stuff you see these days with like you know people like Shingo and Ishii just larrying the, the hell out of each other but this was just on another level
0: yeah this would be like you know again a, a coming out party for for Shinya Hashimoto right um this match and keep in mind that Vader had his arm worked over i had some notes. vader did have his arm worked over by Fujinami in the match before so that kind of led into this um i thought the match was good um, I, again, that, that fucked up finish was crazy. Um, and, it, no, it Brad Renning, Ren, I always pronounce his name, Brad Rennings, Renigans, Ren, Rennings, Rennings, Brad Renigans, um, was in the, Vader's corner. Um, he was a AWA mainstay and, and they tag teamed a lot during that tour. I was going through some old observers looking through, um, yeah. So the, Vader and, and Brad tag teamed a lot during that tour. So, um. Yeah, I just thought that was an interesting one, and I had actually f- seriously forgotten about how bad Luthe has fucked up that finish. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, I thought the match was decent. And um, again, I, I think it was more of hey, if you're looking for career highlights for for Hashimoto, that this is kind of like where where the journey starts for me. Anyway, this was kind of like a guy who okay, he may have lost, but he fought valiantly and nobody really had him penciled in to be in the finals.
1: Okay, well, let's dig into the mailbag then. Um, Discord first. Japanese Retro Game Center says, will we have to resort to tape trading if this crisis continues? I'm prepared, and they sent us a picture here, which I'm going to send to you on WhatsApp, and I don't know if you will recognize these covers from what events these are, but, uh, yeah, have a look. All right, let's take a look. Oh, yeah,
0: there you go. All right, uh... Sting Muda. Yeah. yeah. I think I had that tape. Actually, um now that I look at the cover, yeah, Sting versus Muda. I don't I, that might be just be the there's like a there's like a history, oh, is that against uh uh might be. I I remember the one on the on the right. It's Sting and Muda because I I I I can all, I, I I seem to remember having that. Um bootleg cover somebody printed it off. But yeah, Tape trading was fun. I mean, it—it's it, kind of like getting a package in the mail. How you know? It's like, oh, you know, here it is. And but the, the thing about it was, even though it was fun getting that package in the mail, you know, you pop in the tape and you're excited. But when you got a dud tape, oh, so like video quality was so shit. Like it was a fucking nineteenth generation copy of a copy of a copy of a copy, and the video quality was shit. You're know, just like, fuck. Because again, you're you're trading. You're taking the time to dub these your tapes to send out, and then you would get it back and you'd just be like, fuck. And then you would always, not always, but there would be times where uh, you set up a trade, and it's you know again, a lot of it is through the mail. So you know just to set up the fucking trade, you're dealing with you know at least two weeks of going back and forth with the fucking mail, and then you finally agree. Okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. You do it. And then guy fucking stiffs you. Like you never get your tapes. That was the worst. I mean, you're just like, motherfucker. Um, and you never hear from him again. What are you going to do? You know, look up his phone number and call him? Please. So yeah, tape trading. What, what a fucking time to be alive.
1: It's lucky we got lots of good stuff being uploaded to New Japan World. There's a, a little chat thing with Okada and Tiger Dory, which looks like a lot of fun. So I'll, I'll check that out before next week. Uh, Mix or Plick says Dear Damon Ajar I'm a big fan of both New Japan and AEW Okada and the Young Bucks Are some of my favourite Wrestlers ever I don't know anything About international finance But I'm interested in What is the international Conversion rate Between Young Bucks And Okada Dollars Maybe an angle here If forces can build Cooperative wrestling efforts In the future So Damon If you are the um, Chancellor of the Exchequer In the International Wrestling Bank What is the exchange rate You're setting for Okada Dollars And Young Bucks Dollars
0: I mean, Christ, I'm thinking at least two to one, right? Right. <laughs> at least two to one. Uh, I, I mean, we're talking the top guy in your promotion, arguably, and um, a tag team that's, you know, hasn't quite yet won their tag titles.
1: I'm going two for one, uh, Okada over Young Bucks. Joby1Kenobi says, This has been on my mind for a while, but I haven't wanted to ask. Since we're all super fucking bummed about everything already, I figured now would be a good time to ask. I adore Tom Ishii. Can we have a conversation about what his quality of life must be like? How does he not wake up in constant pain every day? What will things be like for him in five years? Ten years? Based on his start in the ring, I worry about him, and it's starting to affect the way I watch his matches. Um, on the topic, there was a really funny tweet by uh, El Phantasmo, who says, after all this rest and time out of the ring, all our bodies are going to go back to normal, so when we get back in that first match, the first vertical suplex is going to put me down for the three count.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, it's going to be rough. Um, look, I, I can't imagine Ishii not waking up in pain. But I also can't imagine anyone being privy to that, right? He's going to – he's fucking Tomohiro He's not going to show anything. Um, But, yeah, I mean, being in car crashes, you know, know, 50 50 dates out of the year, uh, yeah, it takes a toll. Year after year after year after year after year. I guarantee he is in pain. I guarantee he has trouble waking up and getting out of bed. And I guarantee that as the years go on, you know, he's going to feel those aches and pains that a 20-year-old may not have felt as strong. But when he gets into his 40s and 50s, yep, he'll, he'll feel it. Uh, here's a perfect example. I mean, look at Ricky Choshu now. Ricky Choshu getting into the ring, just the, you know, the previous shows with uh, Tiger Hattori's retirement. Uh, didn't look like, a, you know, he's older. You know, he's in 60s, 50, late 50s, 60s uh you know he's you could see, you could see he's having trouble moving around i mean we, you you just looked at the okada one where you know he's getting injections and therapies and you know the the guy can't even walk to to get to the therapist uh i mean that's a guy in his in and the prime time of his of his career yeah it's it's a fair look uh, but i'm going to say this if you watch sports you know an offensive lineman who has a career of, what, four years on average and the beating that they take every single Sunday, okay? Uh, A hockey player gets smashed into the boards doing, you know, 30 miles an hour on a pair of fucking skates, constantly game after game after game after game. It's going to add up. Uh, If you're in a contact sport, yeah, I mean, your body's going to break down. Um, Now, the the, the bad part about it is, is that, uh, I don't think New Japan Pro Wrestling has that system built in where they take care of the the you know the um, wrestlers as well as as maybe I would have would hope. Um, so if you're if you if that weighs on your mind, I'm not going to bullshit you. He's probably is, and his quality of life probably will diminish, and. But it's not like we say it all the time as a joke. They knew what they were getting into. I was just going to say like that. <laughs> <laughs> they knew they, that's that's what they do. That's what
1: they chose to do. um So take it take it for what it's worth. Cola Blue O three says, "What's the best year for wrestling and music or games? My best wrestling memories are always tied to whatever I was hearing slash playing at the time. So I wondered if yours were too." I'm quite partial to some 1997 Misawa Liger Austin Final Fantasy 7 and OK computer. That's not bad. Um I was going to go 92
0: 93. Um that 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 might be some pretty good stuff. Your wrestling wise, you know, you got your All Japan that's hitting all fucking cylinders. You got uh Juniors in New Japan that are smoking red hot. Musically, you got, uh, you know, you're at the end of Stone Roses, Smiths, but you're looking into Suede and Oasis and all that right around the corner. Um, So that seemed a little fresh at the time. You're in the middle of grunge, which I really wasn't the biggest fan of, but at least it was different. Um, Video game, I don't really know, but I guess you got Mike Tyson's punch out. I don't know. Um,
1: But yeah, I'll, I'll go like
0: 90. I'll say 93.
1: 2001 That was a good year That's when WWF I think was Reaching one of its peaks With uh, the build up to WrestleMania 17 Which I thought was excellent Uh, Games What have we got Grand Theft Auto 3 uh, Devil May Cry Metal Gear Solid 2 Eco, Silent Hill 2 Sonic Adventure 2 Luigi's Mansion Shenmue 2 That was 2001 as well So Yeah 2001 would be My shout for that um okay bash says question for joel favorite british biscuits by jaffa cakes um i like jammy dodgers and the jam cream ring things anything with like a combination of jam and cream is a big plus for me uh chocolate milk chocolate hobnobs are good uh chocolate digesters can't go wrong with that yeah, so those would be my picks. Uh, and Bash also adds, I've just become an uncle again for the night time since my brother had a baby girl. Congratulations to you, Bash. How's Mally and the baby? Have you lost any sleep yet? Um, yeah, definitely getting less sleep than we used to, but it's manageable and we're enjoying. We're enjoying the challenges of being parents. We both knew it was going to be difficult, so like I've said before, I don't want to be one of these parents who's just moaning, oh, it's so hard, oh, I've got to change nappies and I'm sleepy. <laughs> what? what? Mally says
0: Bullshit! What Oh, you complain all the time. Let's. You want to get her on? Get, let's get her on. Bring
1: her over. mali do you want to come on the show? Um, no thanks, I'm okay. She says no, thanks. I'm okay. Let's put us in our place, doesn't it? Uh, yep, sure did. <laughs>
0: well, all right. Um, I like jammy Dodgers. They're they're delicious. I've had them more than a few times. They might be my favorite. Happy faces. I'm, I'm have
1: you ever had happy faces? No, no. What? Give me, uh, give me the the scoop on the happy face. Okay, so it's a biscuit sandwich. The biscuit is shaped like a face, and then in between you've got like a mixture of jam and cream.
0: Huh. I mean, I mean, I I, I would have no problem shoving it down my throat. That's for fucking sure.
1: So yeah, good. I went to Marks and Spencers. There's a little Marks and Spencers just down the road in the central shopping centre in a place called Chidlom and there's just this tiny little Marks and Spencers section and everything is grossly overpriced but I was just feeling like I needed a bit of a treat so I went there tried to get some of the stuff that was discounted so I got a big bag of uh, salt, salt and malt vinegar hand cooked crisps and some chocolate chip shortbread rounds and some custard cream biscuits which is another classic so you know you got to treat wow. yourself sometimes haven't you?
0: I um uh... We we again we are in shutdown mode, so nothing's open. But a lot of our restaurants have uh, takeout only options. So um, and also our breweries now. So you go to the brewery, you you pay for it online, and you drive to the brewery, and they you pop the trunk, and they put it right in, and you don't even talk to the people, you don't even say a word, you know, and then you bring it home. I Joe, I've drank so much this fucking week, <laughs> like. That, and this is me saying it. This is me, it, like, I have gone through so much beer and alcohol this past week that I'm, I'm, I feel like I have to wean. Like when this is over, I'll have to wean myself off because if I just go cold turkey, I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to be in bad shape. <laughs> so much. Me, I, Cheryl had like half a bottle of wine. I had sixty four ounces. <laughs> of beer and like i kid you not in an hour i was just like <sighs>
1: not good oh well mali has just walked past she just looked at me with a very serious look on her face so sort of gestured her chin towards the bedroom that has the baby in it and looked at me and said shower so i think it means that it's time to wrap up the podcast you might be able to hear some baby fussing in the background. Uh okay, so redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast. I've just had to fork out for a new microphone and you know I've just had a baby and they're not cheap. So if you wanna help me out a bit, give me some money. Um Discord link is in the show notes, proresentees.com forward slash superjcast. Uh thank you as always to editor Dan. You can find him on Twitter at LousyHero219. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows. Give us a 5 star review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at TheSuperJCast. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and goodbye.